This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Harriet, welcome to the show and thanks for being with us. Hi, Benji. Thanks so much for having me on. Now, just before we get into the matter at hand, can you tell us a little bit about Kells and what it is that you guys do there? Um, so we're, as you said, the Center for Applied Legal Studies. We're a human rights law clinic and we're based at, at Wits University. And essentially what we do is we focus on strategic litigation and advocacy and research in human rights cases. Now, this particular case, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the legal aspects in a minute, but can you sketch out for us exactly what is happening? Why is it that people in Limpopo and different municipalities are not having access to water at the moment? So it's, it's actually a really sad story. We we act for five villages, which are located in the Sekakune District Municipality, which is in Limpopo. And um, these aren't informal settlements. They're formal villages. They have formal infrastructure, houses, roads. Um, and they had historically been given water and, and have a formal water provision infrastructure. But in about 2014, their water system was cut off. Um, and what the, the, the um, members of these five villages had to do was, was basically revert to accessing nearby rivers in order to get their water. Um, these are really big rivers located in Limpopo. They're, they're crocodile infested. Um, people drown. People have been attacked by crocodiles when trying to get water. And, and obviously it's not ideal for particularly children or women or old people to have to walk. It's about 10 kilometers to, to the river to, to access water. So, so what we then did in 2015 was that we took all levels of government to court. So, so the municipality, but also the, the Limpopo province and national government. And we said that they really need to restore these communities water access. Um, and, and we're still fighting for it. The communities still don't have either short-term or long-term water provision. Talking today to Ariella Schur, uh, she's from the Center for Applied Legal Studies, about their upcoming case uh, against the Sekakuni municipality trying to get them to restore water to villages that haven't had it since 2014. Now, Ariella, you guys have been to court a couple times on this issue already, but this particular occasion, you're asking for some very specific legal relief. Talk to us about what that is. Um, so as I said, we, we launched the case initially in 2015, and, and as you've now said, we've been to court a lot of times since then. One of those times was in 2017, where, where we actually concluded a settlement agreement um, with the municipality. And so what we said was that until a water purification plant, which is, is the long-term solution, until that's concluded, um, uh, what, what the municipality will do is provide water on a weekly basis to the communities. So, so they're supposed to reticulate water, which is basically sending water through the water system twice a week. And then they also provided a lot of, of water tankers, like the big green Jojo tanks, to the villages, and they're supposed to have four trucks that on a daily basis drive to the villages and fill those trucks. So that settlement agreement was in, in August 2017. Um, and since then, essentially, the municipality has not complied with its interim duties. So in December um, of last year, of 2019, because the municipality wasn't complying with that, we got a contempt order against the municipality. 
Um, after we got that contempt order over the, the Christmas New Year period last year, which is when we know that a lot of people go home to areas like these villages in, in Limpopo, and so there's a lot more people there, a lot more people needing water, and the municipality actually failed to provide water for, for three weeks over the Christmas New Year period. Um, and then this non-provision has just continued into this year and gotten even worse since the national lockdown. So what we're we're in court tomorrow, it's because of the national lockdown, it's it's urgent court and, and there won't be an oral hearing. But what we're asking for this time is actually a heightened sanction. So so it's clear for us that that the contempt order isn't working alone. So now what we're trying to get is is the arrest of what's currently an acting municipal manager, the, the head of the Sekakuna district municipality. Sure, so they, you are trying to uh, up the legal game uh, considerably, hopefully to get them to actually do uh, their jobs. I, I want to ask a general question around this. You know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, obviously this is a desperate situation, but but there's, uh, I'm sure, tons of legal potential issues uh, that, uh, that face your average South African every day. How do you guys choose what it is that you decide to go after legally when you're doing these cases? Um, so, so at Kulse, we have five different programs, and each program has quite a clear mandate on the type of cases that it deals with. So, so the program that I work in is, is the Homeland and Rural Democracy program. So the kinds of cases that we deal with are cases that basically address what constitutes a home in South Africa. So, so it's basic service delivery, it's electricity, shelter, water access. Um, but also access to land more generally, so we deal with a lot of evictions issues. Um, we have unfortunately been incredibly busy since the lockdown started. There's, I mean, you, everyone would have seen there's lots of media reports about the extent of evictions that are now happening. So, so those are the cases that we, we deal with, but we also have a particular angle that our cases must be strategic. So we, we take on cases that maybe aren't the type of cases that have been litigated before or, or we're trying to do novel research that will assist in broadening the, the legal protection for vulnerable people and communities. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, I can see how this would be an important one in, in terms of the constitutional rights around water and, and municipal action. I, I want to take a slightly different tack uh, as well while, while we're talking to you. While we were doing the research, I picked up that you're not only a lawyer, but you're something of a part-time fundraiser uh, working at the moment uh, to, to try and get someone special to Oxford. Tell us a little bit about that as well. Yes, thanks for bringing this up, Benji. So, so I'm incredibly lucky in that the reason I have the current job that I do is that I had an amazing opportunity to do my master's degree through Ox or at Oxford University in, in the UK. Um, I did a, um, it's called a master of studies degree in international human rights law. And the program's been going for about 20 years. And historically, there's been access to a full scholarship for about 10 students from the common, the broader Commonwealth area for every cohort of the program. And, and I was really lucky between 2016 and 2018 to, to have been granted that scholarship, which allowed me with my measly rands to be able to access, you know, the best university in the world. And, and since then, I've been trying really hard to encourage a lot of other practitioners in the, the social justice sector to, to also um, apply for this program and, and access the scholarship. 
So at the moment at Kelsa, I have a really amazing colleague. Her name is Tandeka Kati. Um, and Tandeka is so much more qualified than I am and, and than I was when I was, was um, granted access to this program and, and given the scholarship. And she has been granted access. She got into Oxford, has been accepted to this program. But for some reason that we can't quite ascertain, the scholarship is no longer available for, for applicants this year. So what's happened at the moment is that Tandeka is sitting in, in South Africa. She's been granted access to, you know, Oxford University to do a really amazing master's program and just doesn't have the funds. She's having to self-fundraise. So, so she started a GoFundMe page. At the moment, what she's trying to raise is just the, the scholarship, the, sorry, the um, amount that she needs to pay just for the studies for the first year of the master's which is currently about 23,000 US dollars. So we're, you know, everyone that knows her knows how amazing she is and is just trying to assist her to be able to access this really incredible opportunity um, to be able to further her studies and just become even better of a human rights advocate and lawyer. Oh, there you go. And uh, really great that you're, that you're helping her uh, with that. Ariella, if people want to see more about the case that's coming up on Tuesday, want to be more informed about that, or maybe want to make a donation uh, to your campaign, where can they, where can they uh, uh, find more information? So for the case, we've got a statement up on our CALS website. We're also really active on Twitter. It's C-A-L-S. And we will be tweeting um, updates on the case. And as soon as we receive any order from tomorrow's adjudication of the case, we'll, we'll keep our Twitter and, and our, our website updated. Um, for accessing Tendeka, we, we know it's a, uh, for accessing the scholarship uh, fund, we know it's a tough time, but we would really appreciate any assistance. And what I can do is to send you the link to the GoFundMe. Um, but again, her name is Tandeka Kati. It's a GoFundMe page called Help a Scholar Get to Oxford. And we'd really, really appreciate any financial assistance for her. Well, there you go. If you want to help uh, uh, a good South African out and, and get them to uh, upskill themselves so that they can defend our human rights better, uh, no better opportunity, I'm sure, uh, than Tandeka. Ariela Sher from the Center for Applied, Applied Legal Studies, thank you so much for being with us, and best of luck with your court case tomorrow. Thanks so much for having me on, Benji.